I have a lot of empathy for, um, for people in general, but especially for women who were where I was two and three years ago, you know, three years ago, um, that are at home and like, hey, like I'm just around kids and like picking up pasta and singing my ABCs over and over again. And like there um, is joy in every day, but there's also so much struggle. You're listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee, exploring offline realities with online personalities. Elsie Goodwin is the artist behind Reform Fibers, a fiber art macrame and weaving company based in Southern California. Elsie is also a wife and mother of two girls. And so after working in the fashion industry for 15 years, Elsie journeyed through the transition of being a stay-at-home mom into being a mother with her own business. Elsie came to my home in LA where we chatted about what it was like to refind herself in a new season of life as a working stay-at-home mother. I'm so excited to actually get to chat with you because yeah. I, I've only discovered who you are and your work because we're in a collective together right yeah. now. Yeah. And so when Sonos invited me to be a part of a collective of women this year called the Sound Collective, um, and I and I saw that you were one of the women, I was like, oh my gosh, how do no, I not so know cool. you? It's yeah. so cool to be connected to everybody. Yeah, I'm so stoked to get to know the other six women. Some of them I hadn't known before, but you're one that I literally had never even yeah. come across Same. your work. So yeah. it's so, so fun. It's so fun. Cool. So tell me, this is like our official first time ever talking. Yes. <laughs> so tell me just a little bit about you, your your family, um, your work. I know you're you're known for macrame, but a whole lot more. Yeah. So I um, I'm a fiber artist. Um, I'm the youngest. I, I'll, I guess I'll start from the very beginning. Do it. Um, I'm the youngest of five kids, and um, I grew up in Southern California. Um, all in the Inland Empire, so like Ontario, Ranch Cucamonga, um, and then ended up in Chino Hills, which I've been there um, since junior high. And um, that's a, a great community of, I have a great community of friends and family there. Um, so I went to, um, let's see, elementary school um, in Ontario and Rancho, and my, um, my parents divorced super young when I was really young. And um, they were, uh, I spent a lot of time with my siblings. They were, which were, um, I guess, had kind of a challenging or traumatic upbringing, which I didn't know at the time. I always felt super loved and taken care of. But looking back now as a parent and, and a mom, there is a lot of um, experiences that I dealt with that um, that I learned a lot from. And um, I see differently now as an adult, so um, which is cool. <laughs> Being a parent myself and having I have two little girls, um, and then I went to high school in Chino Hills and and was around a, a very great community. I met friends that I'm still friends with today. Um, so I went to junior high and high school in Chino Hills and um, started working at a skate shop right out of high school. And I stayed there for 12 years and grew with the company. Oh, wow. And so there I, um, let's see, I grew from like customer service being on the sales floor into a buyer. Um, and I uh, 
as at the beginning bought women's clothing and then footwear dabbled in you know some accessories um for a while bought some kids wear um and then ultimately ended up buying um, men's clothing um you know was a buyer on the men's side um so i stayed there for 12 years and i i loved it and still friends with a lot of people there um it's called active ride shop so skate surf snowboarding around like that whole community that was doing uh, action sports and um i loved all of that did you do any of it yourself no none of it <laughs> <laughs> i i um was always invited to go snowboarding and um but just didn't i don't love the cold and it, you know i went on a few trips and have funny stories of that but um it wasn't ever me yeah, but I enjoyed the buying side, you know, going to appointments, seeing a lot of the collections, you know, six to nine months prior to and um, just being very involved in trends and and um, colors and design inspiration. All of that whole thing really spoke to me. So I did not go to college. Um, college wasn't talked about in my in my household growing up. Um I'm actually the only one of the five kids that graduated from high school. And um, and then I went to like community college for a while and I would start and then stop and start and stop and um, always felt like oh, I would love to have even now, you know, would love to have a four year degree. Um, but I have a lot of friends that told me, like, you just got life experience. You don't need to go. Um, you don't need to, to go to school. And and being older, um, even after I stopped um, working at Active Bride Shop, I had thought of going to design school and always felt like uh, I wanted to do more with my hands. I wanted to be more um, on the design side. I was a buyer. I saw all of the designs. I had some input in like our private label, um, but I wasn't ever doing any of the design myself. And um, actually, when I was about 19 years old, I picked up, I started to crochet. So one day, well, the story goes, um, I worked in Irvine and um, at Active Ride Shop there. And one of my, the, uh, the managers was late to open the store. So a girl and I were there and there was a coffee shop two doors down. And so she um, had her crochet needles, you know, in her project. And she taught me how to crochet. And I didn't stop. And I started making beanies for all the skaters, the snowboarders, and I would sell them at the shop and um, discovered like, you know, unique uh, yarn stores and would go and um, actually was I waitress for two years, which is that's kind of funny to think back on. Um, I waitress at a bar for two years. So I has always had cash and I would just stop in at these stores and buy yarns that were too expensive for me to really be working with because I didn't have like the best experience. But I love just going in and and um, checking everything out, which I still do. It's it's my one of my favorite things to do. Um, but I've crocheted for about a year and then I learned to knit. Like I locked myself in, in my bedroom for the weekend and, and just taught myself to knit. Um, and so for many years, uh, 15 years, I would just make beanies. I've made, you know, once I had my girls, I would make them little scarves or, um, I've made a sweater and little jumpers and, and little gift, you know, gifts for people, all small projects. Um, but I, I would do it, you know, just on the side when I was home, um, on the weekends, in car rides. I just, it was like my secret thing that I enjoyed doing outside of um, just my social activities with friends. 
So wow. I always loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is fun. I'm not really a crafty person now, but <laughs> when I was in high school, one of my really good friends got obsessed with knitting and she taught me how, yeah. and it was so satisfying it is. just getting to like see something come out like you're just twisting around yarn for a while and then all of a sudden this cool thing it comes is. out it's so satisfying <laughs> and therapeutic and it's frustrating at first with anything new you know it's so frustrating to like understand you know how to read a pattern and what supplies to get and so many times I would go to stores and buy the wrong size needles with the wrong size yarn and end up with a project too big or too small and um and so that's why I really enjoy going to small um, yarn shops where the people really understand how to read patterns and they can, um, you know, find something within your budget and make sure that you're you're um, you're on the right path to <laughs> create the project that you want to. Yeah, it's yeah. such a uh, little world. Like yes. after finding out about my friend's obsession and, so, and sort of following her around a little bit, she would be like, and this special yarn from this special yeah. place. Oh, there's this- so many cool. <laughs> yeah. Like with the, within the, the last like five years, so many great companies have popped up, but even back to like eight, 10 years ago, there's some, some companies that are like ahead of their time, I guess. And like knowing that there was like seeing the resurgence of handmade and and specialty yarns and um, chunkier, you know, like our generations into things that are chunky and they work up fast. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want tiny little projects. We want to be, you know, have a, a large scarf to, you know, in an hour or exactly. a two hour blanket, things like that. So, yeah, um, yeah I love the that. instant gratification. Yes. It makes <laughs> the crafting a little bit of a specialty project. Yes. So when you had your first daughter, were you working at the time? No. So I, um, I worked, um, as a buyer for 12 years and then, um, I worked at Obey clothing company for one year. Um, and I think four months after I had started, I I had wanted to work there for years. I was trying to get a job there. It was, I had aspired to work there. And then about four months after getting hired, I got pregnant um, with my oldest daughter, who is five and a half now. Her name is Vivian. And, um, and so it didn't make sense for me to, to commute, um, there. It was, you know, really long days. And at the time my husband started traveling a lot. And so when we added it all up, it's just made sense for me to be at home, um, which I hadn't ever like wanted to, I didn't ever dream to like, I'm going to be a stay at home mom. I enjoyed the field that I was in. Um, I enjoyed my husband. Um, we all worked at Active together. And we had a lot of the same friends, went to some appointments together, um, you know, went to the same trade shows and parties and events and experienced a lot of that world together. Um, and I enjoyed it. I, I met a lot of, you know, I worked with a lot of good friends. And so I tried to find something part time. Um, I didn't find anything and and just ended up being at home full time. And I had a very challenging time. Um, It was not all that I think we think it is. You know, our friends are still at work, you know, and I'm like, I want to go to this class or that class or have lunch here or there. And it's like everybody was still at work. And um, and I live in the suburbs. So it's, you know, I have friends that are in Long Beach or downtown or in Orange County. um, And I'm it, it just it just was not like the dream life that I think people think about. And, um, it is great to have, to be, to, to have the, I guess, to be able to be at home is, is I, I know that I am 
um, lucky, fortunate to be able to afford to do that. Um, but it comes with its own challenges that, that I think is important to talk about, Mm. you know? Yeah. It isn't something that people talk about a lot, especially I think you're someone who has a career and is also a stay at home mom. Yeah. And that is something that is very rare. I think, especially people who are talking about it. And I even had people, um, you know, reach out to me about the podcast and say, you have all these people that come on and talk about how they don't have kids or how someday they might have kids. Like, when are you going to have people on that are talking about the realities of kids? Right. So I'm so glad that you're bringing this up. Yeah, it's it's super challenging. And and I, it took some time to talk about. So about six months in after seeing Home With My Daughter, um, she, I started to um, get like postpartum depression. And I, you know, I, it took me a few months to like recognize it, to, to realize that I even had, that I had it. And, um, it, I was dealing with like feelings of jealousy about experiences and things that I've never felt before. I've always been a confident girl and woman, um, and haven't ever felt like these feelings before. And, um, talk to my husband about it, which is hard. You know, he, he's much men are much different than women. And, and it took me a while to, um, to talk about it, like with my sister-in-laws and with my friends. And, um, I just f- realized I needed to, to make some changes. I needed to, to try to work part-time to try to be involved in fitness classes, crafting, whatever it was that was gonna, you know, um, give me a part of who I was before because I loved working, I loved design, I loved all of these aspects um, in uh, in the career that I was in, and it was like one day they're just gone, they're done. Yeah. And I think anybody would have a hard time. And and I've talked about it with my husband before. You know, like can you imagine just stop? Yeah, you just stop working Losing everything. one day. Just that's it. You mm. know, and sure you're at home and. And you can email and you can call and you can text and you can still have these connections, but it's not the same as in-person day-to-day, um, you know, engagements. And so I really um, had a challenging time, like within the first year. Mm. Um, and then I found um, I was doing some consulting. So I did that for a year and I was working um, three days a week and my niece um, would come over. She's, she's older I have three nieces. Um, they're 22, 25, and 30 years old, and they really help me a lot. They adore my daughters, and they're a great support system for me um, now. So, um, and even in Chino Hills, my in-laws are close by. My um, my mother-in-law is is one mile, one direction, and then. Um, my father-in-law and their mother-in-law is in a mile the other direction. And then, um, my sister-in-law is like within five miles and her family and, and then my daughter's cousins, they're all close by. So, Mm. um, which I really appreciate of course. But, um, so like for a year I did some consulting and, um, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. I had a one-year contract and, uh, and that ended. Um, so let's see my, my road into crafting is like I said, I've always done like little side projects and stuff. Um, but Instagram of course started to become, um, you know, a big deal years ago. And so I would see this community out here in downtown Los Angeles. Um, I think Paquetto has been around going on six years, I think it is. And, um, and I started to see classes there. 
Um, my husband bought me for Christmas or yeah, for Christmas one year, he bought me a class um, to Janelle Peterzak. I'm not sure how you say her name. She's from All Road Studio, and she would teach at Paquetto um, once a year. So he signed me up for that class, and I, um, I loved it. You know, I loved, like, just being around. I think it was about 20 women and being able to talk about things that, you know, we were on the same page about. Um, I love that. I also um, took iPhoneography with Bonnie Sang. Oh, yeah. yeah I think so I rad. did that. I did that in their first um, store, the store that was on 3rd Street before. Now they have all their classes at the Line Hotel. Um, but I took the one with, with Bonnie at their, their first store. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And She's then, the best. Yes. <laughs> and then I think I took Bonnie's class first. And then, um, and then Janelle's and, um, you know, hadn't really put everything together, but I really enjoyed that community and felt like, you know, everybody's so connected there. Like, how do I find that here? Um, and it still took me a few years. I I went to unique camp, um, twice. And, um, I think the first time I went, my, I think Vivian was less than a year. So it must've been 2013, um, that I went there and still super lost, like, but I knew I wanted to be around creative people and like these, that's where everybody is at, you know? Um, so looking back, I think it's funny that, that my husband was like game for me to go. He probably was like, you, you need something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's four, you know, it's four days and, um, and they take your phone, phone away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he, was he like, you, he, he was kept supportive. the kids. Yeah. Okay. I, at the time I just had my oldest daughter and, um, I remember we had a, let's see, we had, that was, uh, yeah, we had put in a, um, offer on our house. And it was that weekend. And I remember being like, I need to know, like, I need to know. So I think I made one phone call home <laughs> to like find out, like, did we get the house or not? And we did. Um, but yeah, I went to the camp and, and met a few people. I didn't stay connected to anyone at the time, um, which I wish I had. I think I was like, just still super lost, um, but totally inspired and took classes and things that like, even though I wasn't on the path that, that I ultimately landed on, I learned many things that I use today. So great things. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it was a great, uh, era, I guess, a unique camp. Um, and, and then I think maybe after that is when I took Janelle's class and it's like a light bulb came on. And I remember her saying like, you know, you just have to do things. You just have to get out there. You, you know, people ask like when you teach classes and, and now I know like, where do you get this and where do you buy that? And where do you get these supplies? And, and, um, everybody's beginners and want to know, like, how do I get there? How do I get to where you're at? And I remember her saying like, you have to be willing to go into like hardware stores and, and go into metal shops and go into these places and just ask questions. Um, and, and it was like a light bulb, like you just have to start, you know, like just get out there. We all, I don't think anyone really knows what, what we're doing. We just kind of learn day by day. And, um, so I, um, did weaving for a little bit. I went to, I remember going to Pearl Soho. Um, they have an, um, their distribution center is in Irvine or Tustin. And I remember going there 
and I spent $100 on yarn, which is like, so it's a lot of money, you know, and it's like this little craft side project. And, and it's like, you have dreams of like, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. Like, I'm going to make something so great. And I just spent $100 and I made a, a weaving that, that I did like. And, um, and I remember thinking like, all I, I, all I want to do is to be able to afford my next craft, like to be able to afford to go into a store and buy whatever it is that I want to create what I see in my head. And, um, and a few months later I discovered macrame. Um, I just started seeing it pop up on Pinterest and Instagram and blogs and things. And so I'm going on three years, um, at the end of June, the beginning of July is actually when I started three years ago. And once I discovered that, I, I didn't stop. You know, I, I first made a little plant hanger with yarn at home, like watch free videos online and just to see if my head can, can like wrap around what it is that I was doing. And um, I, it was like a Saturday morning and then it's like, I'm going to, you know, Home Depot and I'm gonna go buy rope, which they don't sell the rope <laughs> that you want. And I think I came home with twine and I made a, a little bit bigger plant hanger, and then I ordered my first spool of rope, and and um, started. I was sharing it, you know, with just on Instagram um, with friends, and and um, I remember one of my friends early on. I was like, "Oh, this is not that exciting, but it's super exciting to me." And I had some vintage um, pattern books that I had purchased on Etsy. And one of my friends like just, you know, like, oh, no, keep sharing. I'm enjoying this. And I was like, well, that's cool. You know, like, I really enjoy this, too. And it was somebody that I hadn't talked to in quite a while. And um, I rem just remember feeling like, oh, cool. You like this, too. Like, other people are probably into it. Um, and I just started making, like, gifts. And, you know, and then the ideas start popping in your head. Like, maybe I should you know, open a shop and maybe I should start teaching classes and maybe I should reach out to this person, that person. And, and I, um, I wrote down like some, some dreams of mine, um, places that I wanted to, to work with and teach at and be connected to. And it's all come true. So wow. <laughs> in about two years, um, I had written down, like I wanted to teach at summer camp in Ojai and I wanted to um, teach with Paquetto and I wanted to work with West Elm. So I'm a West Elm local and I've taught a few times with Paquetto and I taught at summer camp and, and I had also wanted to work with hotels, which I've worked with a few, um, two different hotels. And so now I'm at a place where I'm writing down like new dreams. I need to, you know, dream bigger and I um, feel very fulfilled in what I had written down and feel, you know, so fortunate that all of that has come true. And, um, I love all of those companies still They're They're so cool. Yeah. Wow. So. Um, I've often heard that, uh, the percentage of people who complete their dreams, if they write them down is exponentially higher yes. than people who just like <laughs> have their dreams in the back of their mind, but they right. never verbalize it. Right. It's almost like something solidifies in your brain and yes. in your subconscious in the way that you start working towards completing yeah. those goals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I took a workshop a couple of years ago and we mapped out our like six month, one year, two year, three year, five year, 10 year goals. Yeah. And I checked in with my 
two-year goals because yeah. the class was just two years ago. And I hadn't looked at the, you know, I hadn't <laughs> looked at the book in literally a right. year since right. the last time it was time. To, like I set an alarm in my phone to check oh, in cool. every year. Yeah. And the alarm went off and I was like, oh man, I haven't looked at this thing in literally a year. <laughs> yeah. And I pulled it out and I had done like eight of the 10 things oh, that yeah. I'd written down. And I was like, Wow. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't even like one of the things was like start a podcast. Yeah. And I hadn't even done any thought about yeah. the podcast a year before that. So I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it really so is important. it's really important. Yes. I love that you did that. That's- I think we don't know where to start. I had worked um it is a book called How to Style Your Brand, mm-hmm. which like I still I I don't know. I I think I it's been like a natural evolution of like what is what my brand is. I think it's it's very true to who I am as as a woman, as a crafter, as a mother, as a wife. Um, I like to share all the aspects of my life, but over time, it has evolved and come what become like what people see it as today. It was not just like oh, I wrote this book down and now like. And now I'm here the next day or the next week or the next month. It's, it's taken, you know, uh, some time to to get there. But, um, yeah, it's so cool to look back on that. And, and um, now I'm like, I need to write down. Um, I need to really think about what it is that I want because I have, oh, my husband <laughs> could talk about this for days, but I have all of these things that I want to do. Um, I About five months ago, I got a, a floor loom. And it's big. It's like having a piano in your house, you know, and I've made two projects on there and I'm very happy with them. Um, But it's like, how do I schedule my time appropriately to focus on those? And I think that um, weaving, I'm in a class, I take a floor loom weaving class um, every Tuesday and it's my second semester in there. And I I love it. Um, It's a class in there's like a hundred looms in there and um, women of all ages and all um, skill levels. And, and, um, and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It gets me out of the house. It gets me around people that like can talk about, you know, there's spinning in there. Um, there's every tool you would ever need to complete any project that has to do with yarn. And these ladies get just as excited or more to talk about these, the same things that I do. So, um, so I love going there, but I also like, um, needle punch and knitting and crochet. I I still do on the side. Like I'm working on a little doll blanket for my girls right now. And I'll do that. You know, I pull it out a few days a week. Um, when I sit at their gymnastics class or on car rides and things like that, I always have like a project, um, that I'm working on, um, a knitting project that I'm working on. Um, but yeah, I need to get really focused on what my goals are crafting. So, <laughs> so going back to what you were saying about, um, you know, you transitioned from having a career for yeah. 12 years and you're, you've got your life and it's sort of going this way. And yeah. then you have your daughter Vivian, um, which is the best name. Yeah, so beautiful. Thank you. Um, and, and obvious, and at that point, you know, life completely changes and yeah. what you're able to do completely changes. Yes. And, it sort of sounded like you went through almost like a grieving process of like old totally. life, new life. How do I, totally. how do I get to know this new life? And yes. can you talk a little bit about, um, that process? Maybe like if there was anything that you were prepared for anything that surprised you, maybe it all surprised you yeah. and it was a, just a shock to the system. But, um, 
how did you transition from being in that kind of grief transition process to the point where you could actually like go to unique camp or go take these classes? Right. Um, because that even in itself takes a lot of like willpower and energy to be like, all right, I'm going to try something. It's yeah, going to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always been confident and I, we moved around a handful of times from elementary school to high school. Um, and I wasn't ever intimidated about like, you know, inter- inserting myself into, into groups and conversations and things like that. Um, I always liked meeting new people. I, I enjoyed moving. I, I like um, new things. Um, and so being at home was totally challenging. And I feel like my husband's career was um, really taking off. And he is, he's wonderful. Um, so he's in, um, in the apparel industry. And he really, um, he gets it. You know, he gets trends years before people do. I mean, things that I, I could talk about things like that are popular now that I'm like, he told me about it. You know, he's buying me gifts from these companies that that I haven't heard of myself. And then I start to see them and the people that I interact with, engage with. And, you know, um, so that's so cool. He he's um, he just gets it. So, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah did he, he know to get you a class from Paquetto or did you? Yeah, he, he knows. Like he he follows, uh, you know, he is um, interested in like interior design. Cool. Um, he is interested in fashion, of course. On he follows like Mother Mag and and um, you know Cup of Joe, and he sends me like those posts that I don't. You know, I used to read blog posts a lot, and I don't anymore. Um, and so he sends me a lot of that stuff, and and he really gets it. Um, he is a triplet. And so it's two boys and a girl. Wow. And, um, and I think it's so unique that he, he really has, um, he gets women in a different way. I think, you know, like he understands like the, he also has a younger brother, like, and then three stepbrothers. Um, so six boys and then a girl. Um, and so he understands like, you know, how to engage with men, of course, but then like the difference of like his relationship with his sister is, you know, it's like, if I punch my brother, he's going to punch me back. If I punch my sister, well, knowing her, she would punch him back. But, <laughs> but um, you know, it's different. The dynamic yeah. is different. She's more emotional, things like that. So he, um, and he's really, one of the things that I was really attracted to him at first was he's would go and visit his grandparents, like on the weekends or after work, he would go by himself and um, go and, you know, take them to pick up prescriptions or bring them dinner and things like that. And it's like, that's so special. He really gets like relationships and mm. what's important. Um, and so, so anyways, yeah, he, he like sees things in me before I even do. And he really understands. So he's like, you need to, um, you know, you need to run more. I, I've run, um, three, marathons. Oh, um, no, half no, marathons. Small, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, in my past. And so he, um, he, it's like, you need to start running again. You need to get, you know, start walking and then start running or get back in the running group or start taking, you know, yoga classes, things that, um, we're interested for both of us. And, um, he runs also, I don't anymore. <laughs> he still does. Um, and he knew to like, okay, you need to start working out. You need to stop, um, watching and listening to things that are not, you know, 
contributing to you in, in a healthy way. Um, I love Dateline, uh, things like that. It's like, oh my gosh, I love waking up on like a Saturday morning before the house is awake. He's always awake, but you know, just knitting and having coffee and just watching these ridiculous like crime shows. I absolutely love it. Um, and so, but at the time probably wasn't good for me. He's like, you need to watch things that are like uplifting, like more Oprah and things like that, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So he really, um, just helped me get out of a rut and he was supportive of like, find something part-time. Um, one of my good friends, Danny was working at, um, this company and he is like, they could probably use your help. Like he's, he's like one of my, he always champions, like whatever it is that I'm into. He's one of our best friends. And he's like, they could, they would benefit from somebody like you, like, let me talk to them. And so he had worked out, um, what had helped me was, um, being able to, um, to work part-time and get out and be able to be creative again, working, um, with brands and, and um, helping them to just make connect some dots that they needed help with. So that really helped me. But like I said, it lasted a year. Um, and I had my daughter. At that time, I ended up having two girls. So once that ended, I had my two girls. I was at home. Um, we had just moved. And I discovered macrame about um, when my youngest was six months old. And uh, so it's Vivian and Catherine. Vivian was um, three and Catherine was six months. And um, I just did it every single day. And really that helped me. It was totally therapeutic. And what I love about macrame um, is that the projects work up super fast. So you're, you know, you, you end up with a plant hanger in two hours where if you work on a knitting project, you're lucky if you end up with, you know, a beanie or a scarf. Um, and so that was one thing that I was very attracted to. It's like, I, you know, I don't have to have all of this time, but I could create something that is substantial that I'm happy with. And, uh, friends just started buying it or telling friends to buy it, you know, or buying it as gifts and really supporting what, what I was, um, doing. So what I think is cool is like, we have all of these experiences in life, even if we're younger, for I'm 37 years old, but you know, if I was 18, we have these experiences in life that lend to what we're doing today. Um, and so having my prior experience was like, I knew customer service. I, um, I learned, you know, how to work with brands. I learned the language. I learned um, how to make a sale and how to trend, how to like communicate with somebody, how to like be quick. If somebody's showing an interest, you have to respond quickly and make, make it easy for the customer to finish the sale. Um, I learned about, you know, trends and colors and how to write about products, um, how, just how to, to communicate with people. And, um, and I think what a lot of people are interested, of course, is like, Instagram and how do you get a following? And it has slowly grown. Um, but I just communicate honestly, and I have a lot of empathy for, um, for people in general, but especially for women who were where I was two and three years ago, you know, three years ago, um, that are at home and like, Hey, like I'm just around kids and like picking up pasta and singing my ABCs over and over again. And like, there um, is joy in every day, but there's also so much struggle seeing, you know, my husband walk out the door every day and he's gone for 
10 hours and he's around his friends and he's going to these lunches and he's going to these events and and I'm at home and it's like what do what what do we talk about you know um and so crafting has it sounds so ridiculous but it has really like turned my life around in such a wonderful way it has um connected me to wonderful people and like gave me focus and um and just uh it it's it's wonderful. I can't say enough. It's therapeutic, um, but it also has just connected me to people. I'm able to talk through my phone to like thousands of people all around the world and um, and share what it is that I love so much. Mm. So I think um, what really changed is like is crafting and and being focused on it, writing things down. Like I wrote everything down very early on on what it was that I had, you know, aspired to, to do with it and, um, communicated. Like I got my husband on board. He was supportive of it. That's so, he sounds like a real, uh, ally and just someone that sometimes when you're not, not necessarily you, but just in general, um, sometimes when I'm not, you know, strong enough to be able to see the forest for the trees and just be like, what am I even doing? I don't know anything anymore. But for someone to be like, go take a walk. Yeah. (laughs) Like that kind of thing can be, can be really supportive. And it's amazing that you listened too. Cause I think sometimes even, even for myself, sometimes if I'm in a certain spot, if I feel like someone's telling me what to do, or yeah. even if it's my husband, you don't want to hear it. Yeah, it's like, what are you telling me what to do? Yeah. You don't know what I want to hear right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't fix it. Yeah. But then, like, you go to bed at night, and you're like, oh man, he was right. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have so many questions, and I love, I love your story, and that you, that you really used everything that you've that you had built up in as your skills, whether or not you went to college. I mean, that to me is an episode in itself because I feel like I'm always, I always um, am thinking about um, even my sister who started college and she didn't finish. And that's like one of her, she's so proud that she didn't finish because she's just like, my life is awesome. And like, I've done all this cool stuff and I'm so mad that, that she's mad that her, that my family culture was just like, you will go to college because she was like, why didn't we talk about if we wanted to go to college? Yeah, like, yeah, like choosing college for a reason. Yes. But now she's paying off. She went to like a really expensive private college and she has huge debt from yeah. the And she's just and like, she didn't finish. I yeah. didn't need to go. Yeah. I didn't need to go. I didn't want to go. Right. I didn't like, we need to talk about that. For sure. That isn't something that School our. School isn't for everybody. No. Right. No, it isn't for everybody. And it isn't, it isn't like you can't have a good life without it. And right. I think that our culture doesn't talk about that. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean like that's a whole episode in itself yeah. just that you're like, I didn't go to college. Like yeah. awesome. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, and that you know that that's right for you and that you can still go, go if you can I want go. To, yeah. Yes. It's there. Also, like you said, you're taking classes right. about what you want. Right. I mean, if you just go to college and go get a degree and you're taking a lot of classes that you don't care about, I what think so, so yeah. often, students, you know, are like, oh, I just need to pass, but they don't, they don't retain the information. I mean, I think about it myself because I studied art history and in art history, I had to, um, I had to get, uh, I had to take logic, biology, chemistry, and physics for an art history degree. Yeah, how does that make sense? And I think about it now and I'm like, if someone said, tell me something about chemistry, I would just be like, 
Oh. I have zero, zero. retention. Zero. Yeah. None. Yeah. Like I it was not important. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. I got through with like a B plus and that was it. And yes. then I was like, okay, delete everything in my brain and make space for something else. Yeah. So and I'm not like proud of that. It just is a fact and it's right. a reality. So yeah. anyway, that's a tangent. <laughs> yeah, and, and I remember um, when I was working at Obey, like, talking to one of the owners, and and it's like, you know, I want to be on the design side. I want and and him saying like, well, you need like a skill set. You need to have like you need to be able to contribute in this way. And they were all things that like I don't have any experience in doing, um, but I've always wanted to be on the design side. Um, and I had thought about taking some classes here and there, and um, FITM has a campus in Irvine, that, which is where I was working at the time, and looked into a school there, and, and it's like, well, you're going to go and spend $100,000, and I had friends and people say, like, you don't need to do that, Elsie, like, you already have a career, you don't need to do that, um, but it was almost like, ah, but I'm not doing what I want to be doing, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, I'm, I'm in the right building, but I'm not doing the thing I want to be doing. Mm. Um, and I felt like that for so many years. And, um, and at home, like once I started crafting and like kind of getting in a rhythm of things and better communication with, with, um, my husband and, and, um, really knowing what it was that I wanted to do. It was like, uh, everything got better. Like I wanted to be a better wife. I wanted to be a better mom. I wanted to be a better, like, you know, to take care of the home better to have more routine and to um, be able to like have a certain amount of time to work on my craft um, at the beginning it was just when the girls were napping and um, when they were asleep you know I started staying up a little bit later at night and waking up a little bit earlier in the morning and finding any little like sliver of time that I could work on and, I, and, and it was like a true passion like I couldn't put it down and I always wanted to talk about it um and so, yeah, I started like just reaching out to companies and cold calling and emailing and showing up at places like, hey, like I sent you an email, but this is my work and this is me. And, you know, can we work together on something? And um, and so, yeah, you're like surprised. A lot of people will say yes. You know, um, they're, They don't have time to do all the work. And like if you show up and you make it easy for people, they will, will most likely say yes. Mm. You know. Um, and so, yeah, it's, um, it's like, I'm going to just put all of my energy into this and see what happens. And, um, I, I, um, noticed like some holes in the industry. It was not so easy and like, so spelled out to start to do macrame at the time. There was a few people doing, um, kits and, um, and teaching classes, of course, you know, Emily Katz and, um, there was a lady in um, Florida that was selling kits at the time. I saw someone in New York. Um, and then I was like familiar with other macrame artists that, that weren't teaching or offering kits and making it super easy and accessible. Um, and then also things that you're finding that I would find online. Um, any, um, you know, we all type into Google like, um, whatever it is we're looking for. And it's like macrame patterns, like free macrame patterns, how to macrame, all these things. And it's like, ah, oh, there's nothing that's like speaking my language. Yes, there are videos on YouTube. Yes, there, there are websites dedicated to macrame, but they're not the same aesthetic as me. Those people are not um, like aspiring to the same things or wanting to shop at the same places or 
or interested in the same things that I am on, um, you know, when I'm outside of crafting. Um, and so a lot of like the vintage, like the patterns you would find on Etsy or eBay were like vintage. And like I said, I ordered like vintage pattern books and they came and they're like literally yellowing because they're so old, which is great. But the homes that they're shot there, that the projects are shot in are like, whoa, they're so outdated. I would never style it that way. That does not like make sense to me anymore. And so I had a nursery, a toddler room and our home, which is ever evolving. Um, but we were able to shoot the projects in a different way and mm. write the patterns out in a way that we speak today, you know, and so I'm able to communicate to women that are just starting out, women and men that are just starting out that, um, you know, that want to do the same thing I do and really making it easy. Um, I started sharing videos on um, Instagram, just one minute videos. I share them every Friday and that's one thing that has really um, people enjoy because it's free and it's easy and they can ask questions like I'm an actual person behind the account and I will get back to 99% of them um, and, and the same with Etsy, you know, like I, everything is about kindness and friendliness and being super welcoming and trying to say like, you can do it. Like you want to do it. Like this is within your, like we could find a project within your budget and, and what it is you're trying to achieve. And I try to help, um, as much as I can. So that's what I, mostly what I do. <laughs> that's so cool. I love it. So tell me about, um, you know, like there's the, the, the difficult side of transitioning from being a full-time career woman to being a stay-at-home mom to then finding the balance. Right. What was something that you really loved about becoming a mom? Oh, like just family. I think, um, being able to look back on like my childhood, the memories that I have, the things that I want to instill in my girls, um, seeing my husband through different eyes as a father and everything that he was. I did not grow up. My parents divorced when I think I was three years old. And then I didn't grow up with my dad. Um, I didn't, I didn't see him ever after three years old. Um, and then he actually, this is crazy to say, but he, um, overdosed, uh, had a drug overdose when I was 15 years old. And so I'll never get to meet him or get to know him. Um, and just seeing like, oh, s my mom through new eyes, you know, my family through new eyes, being able to see like what it takes to raise a child. Oh my goodness. It's <laughs> so challenging and so cool. Um, the first year is just bananas. Like the first day, the first week, the first month, the first year is like, you're kind of out of your mind, but then you slowly come back to like yourself and you're new, you're a different person. Um, but um, you, you evolve and you become like better, I think, um, through, through over time, <laughs> not that parents are better, but like you just become a better version of yourself through time. Um, so that was really cool having one. And then uh, honestly, we thought about only having one. And, um, obviously we now have two, two daughters, Vivian and Catherine, and they're so cute together. You know, they're, they're, um, three and five and they just like, they fight like crazy. <laughs> and then they also just adore each other and, um, just funny conversations being silly with them. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, I love sharing like just the ups and downs, like 
you know, sometimes there are tantrums at 7.15 in the morning and it's like, you shouldn't be allowed to have a tantrum that early. Like the day is just starting, you know, um, both girls are in Montessori school. So I feel, feel very fortunate to be able to have them in there. Um, six hours a day. I know that is a total luxury. Um, we started them at two years old and, um, each of them when they were two years old. And, um, so I think that is, is, uh, is something not everybody gets to experience. I do want to say like to, to moms or dads that stay at home, um, full time, like try to find one day, like two, even if it's two hours a week where like you get to be alone with your thoughts, with your project, whatever it is, like if it's taking them, you know, even if it's somebody watching them at your house for two hours where you get to like, just decompress a little bit and read a magazine or go online or listen to music or podcast, whatever it is that like gets you to be a little bit like yourself. Like that is so important. And, um, and like being able to work part-time was like, well, I was able to get out of the house, get dressed, like grab a cup of coffee and talk with friends and go on a lunch break. And that was so wonderful and contributed to like, I think, um, to me having like a healthy mind, you know, Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's, that's some good (laughs) advice. Um, obviously I am not a mother, uh, at least yet, but, um, watching, watching friends, parent and seeing, I definitely just as an observer, see that first year as, um, almost like it's, it's almost like we as a culture should no to give yeah. parents the first year and kind of like as a grace period yeah, for sure. and just to like almost like we need to give them more support during yeah. the first year as well because I mean the just even the sleep factor like oh, to yeah. have such little sleep and to have such disrupted sleep yeah and to then be expected to like be a sane person with great mental health. Oh yeah. And to know what to do through (laughs) all of these, the relationship changes with like everyone Mm -hmm. really like your, your relationship with your friends change and your relationship with your spouse changes. And there's a new human in the house, like every day, all the time they're there. Yeah. And, um, and like, there can be like moments of high tension and like, what do we do? And like disagreements that you've never knew before, you know, it's, it's two equal um, opinions on something. Do we give this medication? Do we don't? Do we skip on this? Do we not? And it's like, well, I have to respect him just the same way that my opinion matters. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, so it's a really crazy dynamic and something that we've learned so much over the last five years about ourselves and about each other. And I, I do have to say, like, we are in this. Um, in like almost like a honeymoon phase where everything has really lined up and um, I really honor and respect my husband and my daughters, like who they are as three and five-year-olds and what their curiosities and interests are. You know, my five-year-old was in gymnastics for six months and then we put her in Taekwondo and uh, like four months, we had signed her up for six months and like four or five months in, she's just like, I, I don't want to go anymore. I don't, you know, I want to go to gymnastics and I would take her twice a week and like, I don't want to go today. I don't want to go. And I was still taking her and it's like, oh, you know, conversation with 
my husband, like, let's switch her back and see. And she has, she's really starting to like flourish in the class and, and blossom and become like, it's a real interest of hers. So cool, you know, Mm. to see and support and, um, and like, just have those conversations of like, what's important here? And how do we like, bring that to the top priority? How do we honor and respect? her Mm -hmm. even though she's only five years old right (laughs) right it's the weird thing of like you don't own her but you also are responsible as a sort of guide for this season of her life yes um but even with our friends that have kids even when they're tiny yeah I can see their personalities oh yeah and I can tell (laughs) a lot about who they are and who they're going to be yeah from when they're like you know, three months old, oh, my, yeah. <laughs> some of our really dear friends had identical twin boys and we, well, they have them not had. Um, and we took, my husband and I took them for one night, um, a week for the first five months that they were on planet earth. <laughs> and I mean, even just being with preemie twins, oh, yeah. I could, we could already tell a difference between who was who by their personalities oh, when yeah. they were like a week old. Oh yeah. My husband's mom, my mother-in-law has the same story is that like they spent two months in the hospital as premature triplets and the nurses were like, this one is the, you know, yeah. chill. This one is always a firecracker and this one take whatever it was. And yeah. it's like, they're the same. Absolutely. I think we are born with our personalities. And so for you to have a five-year-old that's telling you like, I want this, I know what I want. And for you to have to also then take on your own personality and decide how you want to make it all fit. I mean, I have a lot of respect for parents and I have a lot of um, respect for, especially you as someone who is a wife, a mother, a business owner, you know, like an entrepreneur, everything that you're doing, it's a lot of, a lot of words to fit on one plate. (laughs) (laughs) So what's something that you hope that your daughters learn about being a woman and about being a businesswoman and being a woman who's evolving in all seasons of life? Um, What's something that you're, you're hoping that they learn from watching you? I think I would, I would like them to, to see, appreciate and respect that, like, I am me, period. At the end of the day, I am me, Elsie, a human. I am also many other things. And that is something that I'm so interested about people, especially through social media, we see these tiny squares and I have 120,000 followers but they're all humans. They're all people. They are all themselves. They are not just a follower. They're people, they're fans, they're customers, they're friends that follow and support me and they have feelings and they have a background and they have family and they have. And, um, so like what I want my daughters to see is like, they are them first. Maybe one day they will be a wife. Maybe one day they will be a mother. Maybe one day they will have a career. Maybe they will not. Whatever it is, like they are themselves first and then all of these other things. So I like to have like all of these pillars and things that are equally important in my life. I am uh, a woman. I am a wife. I honor and respect that. I am a mother. I honor and respect that. I uh, have a creative career. I honor and respect and, and hold that close to me. Um, I have family that is 
and, and friends that are, you know, equally as all of those things are, are important. And without the health of one of those things, then, then it's like a trickle down effect. I feel it in everything that I am doing. So I want them to have like their feelings and emotions and understanding of who they are to have self-awareness, um, to be able to speak up and also to have like their own true interests. Um, yeah. So I guess that, that would be, that would be it to, to be who they are, Mm. not afraid, you know? And, um, I've always felt different from my siblings. I'm the youngest of five kids and they have, um, their interests, which are very far, uh, different than mine. Um, but looking back, I've, always wanted to create <laughs> like I um my earliest memories are like one of my aunts um she would do like puffy paint and make like hair bows and go to these craft fairs that are so different than than like the cool craft fairs you know today <laughs> but they were like a at the so-and-so like airport convention center and things like that that we'd go to and I thought they were so cool when I was a kid and I've and I've always um I love that I've always loved like puzzles and sewing and quilting and things that like challenge your mind. Um, but education was not so important. I didn't, uh, aspire, you know, I didn't, I didn't get the importance of it when I was young, but I think I challenged my mind in ways that, um, that worked for me. Mm. Mm. So, Mm. (laughs) so how did you go from starting to, you know, do macrame to kind of, you know, re reignite your own creative passions to craft, to have (laughs) an outlet that wasn't just being a stay at home mom. How did you go from that as like a side hobby to scale it to something that is now your own business? Right. I, um, so I've learned, like I've said, everything is about like connecting the dots. So Um, when I was consulting, um, which was like, after I had worked for 12 years, I did consulting after I worked at Obey for one year, then I worked at, um, this company Sevenly for one year I did consulting and I was also making little baby beanies and I was like, Oh, I'm going to open an Etsy shop. And I did, I put up like eight beanies and I just said baby beanie and they were shot flat. And, um, had my friend make like a banner for my shop and that was it, you know, that was it. And nothing happened. I didn't sell one. Of course, like I didn't put much effort and energy into it. They were just there. And I don't know if I just expected them to sell, but they didn't at all. Um, and so then, um, you know, years, a few years later, I started, um, of course to do macrame and it was like, well, if I'm going to start selling it, what do I need to do? So back to Google, like how to run a successful Etsy shop. And I have people ask me like, what are you doing? It's like, honestly, Google that, whatever it is you're trying to do, but how to do it successfully. Mm -hmm. And all of these like documents will come up and read them and they will have like the 10 things to do to create this. And it's like, whoa, maybe I do need a bio. Maybe I do need a picture of me. Maybe I do need some nice photos. Maybe I do need um, multiple photos. Maybe I need to see it on a person or on the wall or hanging from here, there, whatever it is. Uh, Maybe I do need like an about me video. And, um, 
and product descriptions and customer service and policies and like, oh, well, what does it take to build trust with somebody? You know, if they're going to be giving you, I sell um, PDF downloads patterns for five, 10 and $15. And it's like, that's $5. Like they could spend that $5 so many different ways, but if they're going to spend it with me, how do I build their trust? Mm. Um, and um, so it's like, yeah, I put so much more energy into my shop. Um, and I, um, keywords is also important. You know, those are so important. And it's like, I, um, input all of, all of those different things. So I have, um, I have strong sales on Etsy. I also have a website. That was one thing I started early on and it's like, it's $12 a month. You know, I think my husband and, and maybe some friends like, oh, it's not that important. It's like, well, no, I think we all go to like, does this person have a website? And like, mm-hmm. do I have visitors? No, not really. Do I have, um, am I increasing in, in like when I look at the analytics, some months, yes, some months, no. Um, but, um, it's important. Like it if makes I'm, you look legit. Yeah, if I'm going to email, you know, Paquetto or, or whoever it is, um, like here, you can go to my website, check out my current work on my Instagram and also check out my Etsy shop. Um, and so, um, started a, a website, um, and then just was very consistent on Instagram sharing every single day, finding something to talk about, to communicate and to share more of my personality and who it was I was trying to communicate with, who I felt like my customer is and like really keeping who I was at the, and I still feel like I'm a beginner. I still feel like I'm at the very beginning stages of who I am as an artist. Um, but keeping that feeling of like, who is just getting started? What mm. are the tools that you want to get started? You probably need a pattern. Um, you probably need some rope and supplies. And, and, um, so I, I don't sell rope, but I share who my resources are. Um, same thing with like brass and, um, metals and things like that, that are important to the craft. Um, so I share a lot. Um, and I think I've grown like a, a loyal following through, um, not being protective of my work and, um, and just trying to champion like the beginner and, um, and be, have a lot of empathy and like, I get you, <laughs> like, I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. You just want to make one thing like, cool. You just want to see if you can do it. I, I get it. And like, great. If you come back for a few more or you have a question or you get commissioned or you have, you know, you want to make something bigger or you want to start a shop. Like I like to help as much as I can. Of course I can't get back to absolutely everybody on everything, but I try to make it easy and accessible. And so I think, um, trying to decide who your customer is, is very important. Mm -hmm. And then, and also just checking all of the boxes, you Mm. know, to make sure that, um, people will spend that $5 with you. Why would they, when they can find uh, a vintage one for two ninety nine or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's... Yeah, so so making sure that you're using all of the knowledge that you have from other things that you've done in life to yeah. carry it over into new ideas. Yes. What are some of the most common questions that you get from your followers? Um, either questions or comments, maybe something about either parenting or owning your own business. Do you get lots of the same questions and comments over and over again? I do. I, um, 
I have a lot of people ask where I get my supplies, which I um, always share. And I think I need to, um, I, I um, plan to do like a YouTube video of um, frequently asked questions. So it's always there. Um, and I just started sharing YouTube, like more in-depth YouTube videos. So I have one minute videos. Um, I have worked with Amelia Damplo, who has done like an about me video for me. And then she's also done like 15 one minute um, videos on single knots. Um, I haven't done any like projects from start to finish on YouTube, um, but I'm starting to share like tips and tricks and things that are, I think, important to somebody that wants to learn the craft. Um, but I'm asked a lot about my resources. And then on parenting, I have a lot of people um, just, I think they, they um, see that I have somewhat of uh, harmony with what it is that I'm doing. It's, I, I, we don't think we have balance, like balance is elusive. It is not, I don't know if you ever are balanced, like, aren't you always afraid that you're going to fall off balance mm -hmm. one way or the other? It doesn't work. Um, so I listened to Jewel, you know, the artist she's, she, um, was on a Gary V podcast maybe two years ago. And she talked about like, the idea of harmony versus balance and just being able to find like what it is that is um, off and what's going to get me back on, mm. you know, finding in, in every day almost. Um, and so I have a lot of people say like, hey, like I, you know, I was following you for your macrame and now you're sharing about your kids or your husband or this, that. And like at first I was not interested in seeing that, but now that's what I love about you, you know, is like showing the day to day of like what it, what it is that leads me to harmony in my life. Um, the, those things that, uh, allow me to be the crafter that people are really interested in for. So a lot of people will ask like, how do you, um, how, or just, I guess, comment, not so much ask, um, but like, how do you, you, we like that you share, you know, all of the in-between moments, which actually the crafting is kind of what's in between. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so let's say there's someone listening and they are a stay-at-home parent um, or they have a business that they have this idea and maybe they're at that point of like the, the first year of transition, the first, you know, the difficult stuff where they don't have someone telling them, go take a walk and yeah. go buying them a class. Yeah. What what words do you have for them either in in words of wisdom, either in, or like even if it's just like hang in there? Yeah. <laughs> what do they need to hear? I think um, to like take action on your curiosities and to study like with macrame i was every day trying to find resources trying to find things going to multiple i went to multiple metal shops before i found the one that i loved um and went into you know hardware stores and departments or, or hardware stores that like these people, they know their craft. They will help you. Like, hey, I have, you know, I have a six-month-old at home and I want driftwood. Like, is there a way to make, like, fake driftwood? And, <laughs> and I've never actually done it, but I've looked up resources online. And I remember going to, like, a metal shop with um, 
Catherine, she was eight months old and she was wearing, I'm in a, I was wearing a Solly baby wrap and this metal shop was like, there's just trailers going in and out for these huge industrial buildings and things. And it's like, well, I'm looking for like a three piece feed of brass and I want it to be shiny and can you cut it? But I want it to be like pretty when you cut it. I don't, this is what I'm trying to make, you know? And like just being brave, (laughs) like go out, ask the questions. People will help. They are so nice. I mean, you see, you know, uh, uh, somebody that is, that needs help. I think we're all most of the time willing to stop and talk and share it. People like talking about themselves. They like talking about the things they're interested in. And, um, so yeah, I've always gotten, um, help not, you know, like, don't be afraid to ask questions and really study like everyone that has, um, like understand what it is that you aspire to be and find those people who are at the top, um, whatever it is you're trying to do and like study what is, what is it that they, that they did and do and, and what have you done in your past that you can apply into like your, your present and future self. I think mm. is important. <laughs> mm, that's some good stuff. Yeah. Um, I just wrote down, take action on your curiosities. Cause I think yeah. that's a, that's, I mean, I love everything you said, but that specifically stood out to me as, you know, what, what would happen if I just went to go ask these questions and yes. you're right, especially if you're going into a shop that specializes in something, yeah. if you walk in and are like, I'm really into plants, how do I plant this tree or yes. how do I keep this plant alive? Yeah. Like their job is to help you yeah for so, sure <laughs> so going in and putting yourself out there to be curious yes that's a really beautiful thing yeah like I I feel very fortunate I know that I have um like luxuries and um and and I uh, have things that I am able to um to fall back on I guess um what I think is unique about me is like I didn't I don't need to work I didn't need to work three years ago. We were okay with me staying at home, but it's like a gift to myself to be able to work. I want to work. I missed work. I missed conversation. I missed um, engagement, interaction. I missed having a reason to go out and meet with people. And so um, I think that if we can change perspective, if like we're, we ever feel like we're in a rut, um, that like, there's always like a new lenses we could put on and like see, you know, see our lives in a different way. And, um, and my, my work is a gift to myself and maybe everybody can't afford to do just crafting, but if they can find 15 minutes, I really am a believer in like, give yourself just 15 minutes. If you gave yourself 15 minutes a day, how much does that add up to in a week, in two weeks, in a month? You can look back on like, whoa, I actually spent X amount of hours doing something I'm really passionate about. And maybe I have this 40, 50, 60 hour job that I have to do, but I also spent 10 hours this week or this, you know, this month doing something that I love and that can grow into something bigger than you can imagine. I think it all adds up. So (laughs) that's so good. Yeah, it's, it's good. And it's true because it does add up like that time, you know, it might only be, it might only be a few minutes here and there. It might only be 10 minutes every other day, but 
after three years, yes. suddenly you know a lot more than you did at the beginning of that time. Exactly. And you can, it's easy to minimize it and be like, well, it's not enough. It's not good enough. It's yeah. not whatever. But it's like the person who didn't start and the person who did 10 minutes a day for three years right. are at totally different points. For sure. Um, and I think that that's really good advice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Stick around for part two of this discussion to hear a Q&A with Elsie Goodwin about her social media practices. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya? 